Please turn in your New Testaments to John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12, as we continue in our series through the Gospel of John called The Jesus We Need. Not the one that's on the cover of Time magazine, not the one, certainly not the one on the Discovery Channel, uh, but the one who is presented by John, who is the actual Jesus of Nazareth. That's the one we need. And this morning we're going to find out just another reason why we need him so much. John 8, 12. And these are the very words of God. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, if I had a flashlight in my pocket and and turned it on, the light of a flashlight, particularly with these bright lights, would not be that impressive to you because a flashlight is just a small light. But if you were in the dark, pitch dark, and you couldn't see at all, a flashlight would be pretty impressive and be pretty needed. How about the brilliant floodlight of heaven flooding into the darkness for our salvation. That's who Jesus is. He is the light of the world that shatters the darkness. Now, this passage takes place right as the Feast of Tabernacles, the last feast in the the cycle of the Feast of Israel. The Feast of Tabernacles was coming to a conclusion And uh, this particular feast commemorated, reminded them, they celebrated how God was faithful to the children of Israel when they were uh, wandering in the wilderness from Egypt as Moses led them out of Egypt and all the way to the promised land. And this was a really cool feast because, particularly if you were a child in Israel, because, you know, wherever you were and even outside of Israel, you'd pack up your family, and you'd go up, elevation-wise, you'd go up to Jerusalem, and there you would kind of go to your, your like, family spot. Everybody kind of had their family spot somewhere in or around Jerusalem, and you would pitch a tent large enough for your entire family. It's why it's called the, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Tents, and you would be commemorating when Israel lived in tents. When they were wandering in the wilderness. I mean, how fun would that be uh, if you were an Israelite child? And every day there would be special events and special worship services in the temple. So every day you get to go and do something really cool. A few weeks ago we, we talked about how this, this special service where they, would, they took water from the pool of Siloam and uh, the priest processed and everybody through the streets of Jerusalem went into the temple and poured this water on the, the brazen altar and all the, the steam and smoke. And that was to commemorate how God brought water from a rock when they were thirsting to death in the wilderness. And uh, this is a, today we're going to look at, at, at a different event. This is the event where... It would just be pitch dark. So everybody would stay after dark. Everybody would go to what's called the Court of the Women. It's one of the larger outdoor courts in the temple area. And there on the wall 
one of the adjacent walls that made up the court of the women, there on the wall was a two huge candelabra. Huge. And they were way, way up high on the very top of the wall. And so they'd get the young Levites to climb these really tall ladders and they would light the, the, these gigantic wicks. And, you know, they didn't have street lights. And, you know, today we can barely think what real dark is like. But that was real dark and they made sure it was really dark. And all of a sudden, whoa, there was just brilliant light all through the temple. In fact, it was said that you could see that light from any point in Jerusalem. It was just so bright, these two huge candelabras, and they would dance under the light. In fact, one of the great scholars of, of Israel at the time of Jesus was a man named Hillel. And there's actually writings that we still have how Hillel was bragging how well he could dance in the light of the candelabra. And what was that celebrating? The, the, this light. Remember when Israel was in the wilderness? There were two great lights that guided them. One at night was the pillar of fire. There would just be this, this pillar of fire representing the presence of God, representing the glory of God. And in the daytime, the pillar of fire would be a, a cloud of blinding glory. This is what they're commemorating. All of a sudden, there's this bright light. Like the pillar of cloud, like the, uh, the pillar of fire and, the, and the, the cloud. And it is in the midst of this going on that Jesus stands up and he says this. I am the light. I am the light. I'm the pillar of cloud. I am the, 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 the glory cloud, the pillar of fire. I am the light of the world. Now, what is Jesus saying? And what does it mean to us today? There are two things I want us to, to hear from Jesus that relate uh, to, to how we relate to Him being the light of the world. Now, you may have to write this on your bulletin uh, so because it's kind of a play on words. He is the light of life. That comes out of the text. He is the light of the world. He is the light of life that produces a life of light for us. Did you catch that? Let me say that a little slower. He is the light of life to us to produce in us a life of brightness. A life of light. He is the, the light of Zoe, of life. John 8, 12. Jesus says, I, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, you remember how the Bible, like the whole Bible starts? The whole Bible starts in darkness, doesn't it? The Spirit of God hovered over the deep, over the dark. And then God said in the third verse of the Bible, what did He say? Let there be what? Light. And light just shattered the darkness. The Gospel of John kind of parallels Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Genesis 1, John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and everything was created by Him. But John also parallels Genesis in that right there in the beginning of this same Gospel of John, it's about light shattering darkness. Let me read that to you. It's just two verses in John 1, 4 and 5. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness cannot stand up to the light. Now, it's interesting. It doesn't say light shines into darkness. There's a definite article there. Light shines into the darkness. And the darkness means that it's not just like dark, like there's, there's not a street light on. The darkness has to do with spiritual darkness. And this is what the light is described in John chapter 1, and the light is described here in John chapter 8 as well. Meaning that, that human beings, that we, because of our sin before a holy God, are cut off from God. We are in a state of spiritual darkness. Now, please understand, we're made in the image of God. So we are beautiful, we are creative, we are intelligent. All of these things. But we are in spiritual darkness with all of these things desperately searching for meaning. Searching everywhere for meaning, for light, for what is true, for what is real, for what is meaningful, for what is really love, for what is really grace. And God, and God alone, is light. That kind of meaning. 1 John 5 says, This is the message that we heard from Jesus, and we proclaim to you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. And so, God sent light into the darkness. God sent His Son, who is the light of the world, to give life, this, this life that is light, into the world to, to answer this human dilemma of being so beautiful, so intelligent, so creative, etc., and being so empty and devoid of ultimate meaning. But you see, we must be willing to receive that light. And not everybody wants the light. God is giving the light. And not everybody wants the light. One of the saddest verses in all of the Bible is in John chapter 3, right after Jesus has spoken with a man named Nicodemus, a teacher of Israel, who, who did not understand how to enter the kingdom of God. You know why? Even if you're a teacher of Israel, you, you're darkened in your mind spiritually without Jesus. But this is one of the saddest verses, John 3:19, and this is the verdict. This is the judgment that light has come into the world, but people loved God darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Light, meaning, love, grace. Light came into the world and people said, no thank you. No thank you. We'd rather have our darkness. 
when we receive the light, when we receive Jesus, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, who, who is the light, in all of His truth, in, in all of His love, all of His glory and grace, we are, as Paul says in Colossians 1.13, we are delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred, translated into the kingdom of light forever. We are taken out of darkness and placed into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So, okay, there's darkness. We have, we have spiritual darkness. Light has come into the world. But you know, I love the fact that this light, who is Jesus, is called life. And here's the reason I love that. Is that this isn't like Eastern religion. This isn't just an experience. And you can have another one, or you might not have one, or you might not have one. No, this, this is a person who comes into our life. This isn't just an experience you can have. This is Christ who comes into our life and who becomes the grace giver who changes our life and we always have Jesus with us. Life, light and life go together. So light and life go together. Darkness goes with what? Death. Light and life, like that's, that's the real life we can live. Reconnected with God because God sent His Son... Light and life go together. Darkness and death go together. And we are either tracking in our lives with death or with life. And even people who believe, we're either kind of eating death and what feels like death, finally, or really walking in the light. Light is a person that comes into our lives. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. Now the reason this is so important is that we are tempted to find light in so many other places that cannot give us the light of God. How did you put it in your prayer, Devin? We're traded, trade, we trade God in for goods, or we trade God in for, for things, or being popular, or there's several things... We're looking so much for meaning. Everybody in here is just intuitively wanting to find meaning and love, and we will not stop till we find it. You know, it's, it's interesting. God's saying, here it is. Here is my love. Here is meaning. And it will make everything else have meaning, and it will allow you to give love to everybody else in your life. But so often we are tempted to find light and meaning in so many other places that don't, don't give light. And, um, and our hearts, even as believers, can harbor lots of darkness. You know, sometimes people say, like, somebody will be struggling with something in their life. And they'll say, well, how can that person even be a Christian? I think, whoa, whoa, that's a little too fast. How can that person even be a Christian? Don't you think that's a little too fast? Because if that's true, what you're saying is Christians should never have any darkness in their life that they struggle with. Christians shouldn't have any sin that they wrestle with. We know that's not true. Oh, yes. You can know and love Jesus and harbor darkness in your life. And, um, and it begins to feel more like death. 
when the darkness doesn't lead to real life and refreshment and rest of our souls and love like the light of Jesus does. What we need is the light of forgiveness at that point. We need the light of forgiveness and refreshment again from Jesus. We need a refreshing of the light of life in our lives. So, the first thing is, is Jesus is the light of the world. What does this mean to us? He is the light of life. He's come to give him, us himself and a relationship with him that is true life. Secondly, that is supposed to lead to a life of light, meaning a life that shines, that is bright, that shines the brightness of the light of the world. So we receive the light of the world, but we must also follow Jesus. Okay? This isn't just a one-time thing in this verse. You know, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This means to believe in him for sure, and out of love and gratitude to walk with Jesus. It is to live out his word. And be guided by His Word. Why? Because the light of the world has also been called the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. Jesus is the Word to us. He is our guide. He brings us the Word of God. He is our teacher. To receive from Him and to love Him learn from Him, to obey Him, and to love others in His name. This is what it means to follow Jesus. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that brings us back to Jesus' loud statement at the Feast of Tabernacles. These giant candelabra just symbolizing the the pillar of fire and the glory cloud. And on the last day of the feast, they are finally extinguished. And that is when Jesus stood up and said, I am the light. I am the light of the world. The candelabras reminded them of the, the presence of God with the children of Israel in the wandering in the wilderness and the guidance of God. Remember, the pillar of fire was just right there in the middle of the camp, right there where the, the, the tabernacle was. And um, the, the unique thing about the pillar of fire at night and the glory cloud by day, and don't think like some dark cloud. This is the Shekinah glory. This is like you can't even look at this cloud. This, and, and, you know, with, with your eyes, it's so bright. Y'all know know the the big thing about that. It wasn't just that it was bright and God's beautiful and glorious and magnificent, etc. Y'all understand, right, that when the cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved and you never knew when it would, it's time to move. Now, I'm going to tell you, Gina and I are not good movers. I mean, we barely talked to each other the first three weeks after we move. And I'll tell you why it is. It's because of my sin, and I just hate putting up curtains, and I'm just terrible at it. And it's awful. 
It's like you just never knew when you're going to move. Glory cloud will start heading heading this way, and everybody goes, "I guess it's time to move." You had to put down your tents that you lived in. You had to pack it up, put it on the beast of burden, and there we are, wandering, following God through the desert. Following, following the light. That's what's so significant about this. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. And when the clouds stop, okay, put the tent stakes down. We're going to live here for a while. This is our new neighborhood. I love that the light of the world isn't just a spiritual experience. I love that it is the light of zoe. That's the Greek word for life, of real life. That the light gives us real life with Jesus. But I also love that the fact that the light that is life is about following Jesus. You know, we are tempted to, to say, oh man, yeah, I got Jesus. I'm forgiven. I know I'm going to heaven. But I don't have to follow him. I got what I want. But I don't have to follow. I love to worship him, but I don't have to follow him. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't even say believe. He just says, I'm the light of the world. If whoever follows me, like the glory cloud. Um, I don't know about you, but I tend to be an action person. This isn't just thinking about it. This isn't just talking about it. This is about moving into learning from Jesus. That's what a disciple, a follower is. It means to be a learner. It means to be an apprentice, one who looks so they can do. It means to be an understudy, one who really learns so they can do. To, to, to move into learning and then move into moving and loving and sharing with others. Being the light. The word for follow here... This word is used, it's a military word sometimes when it's used, the majority of the time. It means that when the commander says, we're going into that battle and we are going to throw down with that enemy and somebody might die, but you're following me into battle. It means you go. That's what following Jesus, that's the word that following Jesus means. It's like, oh, I love having Jesus. Ah. We're going into the battle. We're, we're following Him. We're going to learn. We're going to be an understudy and apprentice so that we can do grace, so we can do love, so we can do light. You understand this? This is what's so great about the life. It's why it's so meaningful. Because it's not just pie in the sky, by and by, think about it stuff. It's think about it, do it. Because we love Christ. Paul says that we are lights in the world. We are lights in the world. The other use of this akalotheo is um, used, it's used also in the New Testament about one who accepts wise counsel from somebody and acts on it. 
We still say these words. He, quote, followed my advice. Or, President Trump said this week, Theresa May didn't follow my advice. Isn't that that an interesting word, follow there? It means they didn't do what I said they ought to do. They didn't follow me. The life of light is a life of following Jesus. It is a life of receiving light and giving light. Receiving love and giving love. Receiving grace and giving grace. Receiving truth and teaching truth. It's beautiful. It's growing. It's moving. It's giving. It's loving. So, between John 8 and John 28, there's this whole section of the pushback of the Pharisees because Jesus basically used another I am statement saying that He is God. I am the glory cloud. I am the pillar of fire. Basically saying, I am God. I am the the Messiah. Uh, This is Him saying again, I am God. I mean, even in our call to worship from Isaiah 60, Behold, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. And that that whole part of Isaiah is about the Messiah and the light that He brings to the darkness. And so the Pharisees are pushing back, who do you think you are? By whose authority do you speak these things? Why do you think you can say these things and get away with it? He basically says, I'm the light of the world, I'm the glory cloud incarnate. And then he tells them when they're going to know that what he's saying is true and he's acting simply because the Father has given him to say and the Father has given him to do. And when it is that this light is going to really break out into the world and what will show the world that he is who he really says he is. And this is, you can skip all the way down to John 8, 28. Through 30, so Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. And He who sent me is with me, and He has not left me alone. And I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. And as He was saying these things, we read in verse 30, many believed that He was the Messiah, and many believed in Him. When you have lifted me up, this is how He deals with the darkness of the human heart. Our sin, our darkness, that darkness that has cut us off from God and kept us in the dark away from the true meaning of what it is to be connected to the God who creates us and brings us back into His arms. And that's real life. But our darkness, your darkness, your sin, your darkness was nailed to a cross. And dealt with by Jesus. God punished Jesus in our place because of our darkness. And make it more personal, because of my darkness. He takes my darkness, He gives us His light. You remember what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross? 
You remember what happened? The sun's light was hidden and it was completely dark for three hours. You remember this? When He took our darkness upon Him, it was dark. Look, on the cross, the lights went out so that the brightness of the resurrection and new life could be like a magnifying glass intensifying the light of God, the life of love, the life of grace, the life of reconnection to God, that His payment for sin and His defeating death and His ability to give that life as the reigning Son of God to whoever asks. You know how when you were little, of course I don't know if y'all did what I did when I was little, I could have like burned the whole neighborhood down doing this, but you know we always had our forts, you can tell, very boy, all boy. We had our forts, no girls allowed, sorry. He man, woman, haters club from spanking the gang. Um, but one of the things we used to do is take a magnifying glass. We try to start a fire with a magnifying glass. Have you ever done that? You get some really dry leaves or some paper, and it takes forever, but you flip the magnifying glass around so the sun is like drawn into the, and then it's like intensified and you start a fire. Kids, don't do that. Okay? Don't do that. Um, that's, that's, that's what happened when the lights went out. It was so the light of God could be intensified through the payment for our sin and the new life given through Jesus. This, Jesus is the light of the world who brings life. And it, it means He brings hope and restoration to a world of hopelessness and brokenness. This is the gospel. The light is our life. Let me say that again. This is the gospel. The light of the world is our life. When you have Him, you can follow Him. And when you harbor darkness, you can repent. You can repent and He will forgive you and He will cleanse you. And he can usher in the, the, the joy of that light in that area of your life. If you've never put your trust in Christ, you're in darkness. Maybe you don't know it yet. Or maybe you said, I've tried so many things to have ultimate meaning and none of them work. And I've got to try something else. Or I've got to try more of it and more of it and more of it. And it's exhausting to try to have that kind of light things that are about as powerful as a flashlight. We can follow Him, walk in that wonderful light and liberty of the gospel and shine the light into a spiritually dark world and love this world in His name, truth this world in His name, grace this world in His name. Now that, that is the bright and fulfilling light. That is life. The Jesus we need. He is none other than the light of the world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that just as you are with your people in the wilderness and you led them all the way to the promised land.
We have put our trust in you. You are with us. You are our light. And we can follow you through the wilderness. And we can repent all along the way. But you will lead us deeper into that meaning and joy. And you will lead us all the way to the promised land of heaven. Lord, we know that hell has been described as outer darkness. And that heaven has been described as light of the Lord, where you are the Son. If you've never put your trust in what Christ has done on the cross to give you salvation that you can't earn by yourself, and you see it, and you want Christ and all He's done for you, just pray with me, Lord, I see it. I can't do this. You're a holy God. I can't do it. So I want to turn from everything I have called religion. And I want to turn away from everything that I have called Christianity. And I want to put my trust, Jesus, in what you have done in the cross and in the resurrection. Thank you that even now you have forgiven me. Even now your light has come to me and it is a relationship with you. Oh, Lord, help me to follow you and to grow. Help me always to believe in your grace so that when I harbor darkness, I can get rid of it because of your grace and move along in the light. Lord, there are many of us who have known you and we've loved you, but we needed to hear yet again that you are the light of the world. How universal that is, but how specific it is that we must follow you and have the light of life. Oh Lord, there are many of us that just have, we've harbored darkness. And we are secretly in our hearts, counting on those things and that darkness to come through for us. And though there's an initial shininess and an initial giddiness with many things, there is no real deep abiding joy and meaning in life. If you'd like to repent, Say, Lord, this is what it is for me. And God, I want to bring this to the light. And that's going to be hard for me. Would you make me willing? Would you help me to take a step of faith today? Would you help me to believe that your way of light is better than my hidden darkness? Lord, would you bring the light of life in renewal to your people. And would you cause us to shine, not because of us, but humbly because of you in us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.